Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. You know, I was just commenting a few seconds ago, I haven't done a podcast in weeks, and I feel like I'm a rookie at this. I mean, it took me almost a half an hour to set everything up, and I was not not exactly sure it's actually working right now. Hopefully it is, but anyway. My name is William Hill, and I'm the host, as usual, of this particular podcast. And today is, um, what is today? It's May 5th. 2014, and this is broadcast number 61. Today we'll be talking with Dr. Nick Wilborn about a class that he's going to be doing here at the seminary um, this summer, and it's a continuation in some sense of what Dr. Morton Smith had been doing for many, many years, probably with a little bit of of a twist, but uh, we'll get to that information in just a few minutes. Let me bring everybody up to speed on what has been happening, or in this case, not happening on the podcast, since it's been so many weeks since I've actually done one. Um, Don't forget about the GPTS mobile app. It has been redesigned, actually, and uh, you should be seeing those redesigns automatically drop to your phone. If not, then go download it and get it um, the manual way, um, the old-fashioned way. But in either case, um, it has been redesigned and updated significantly, including all of this year's Spring Theology Conferences, all those lectures that were done at the 2014 Spring Theology Conference. They're all available there at your fingertips on the GPTS mobile app. Don't forget about our website, confessingourhope.com. Please utilize it. I just paid for another year. (laughs) So please take advantage of the website and use it so I can justify its existence. But there you can get all of the past broadcasts as well as information about different different programs, uh, notes related to the programs, links to different resources that are tied to the program. Uh, So anyway, use the website. It'll tell you what's happened and what's coming up on the podcast. Now, as I indicated, we'll be talking with Dr. Nick Wilborn today about his class that he'll be doing this summer. And what is the name of that class? It probably would be helpful if I knew that. I do know that, actually. But here it is, Studies in Southern Presbyterian Theology. So, as I said, it's kind of a... What's the right word is a... Is it a twist? Is that the right word? A Sure. It's a spinoff. It's a spinoff. It's a continuation of something Dr. Smith has done uh, for many, many years here at the seminary. And, um, Dr. Wilborn is um, an adjunct professor of the seminary. He churches, uh, te- <laughs> he churches, he teaches church history here at the seminary, has his MDiv from Mid-America Baptist Seminary, and his PhD from Westminster in Philadelphia. So, Dr. Wilborn, it's good to have you on. We kind of slapped this together somewhat at the last minute, but I think it's good. It's a good um, uh, promotional broadcast, but um, to help garner some interest in this class, but as well as informative as well. So why don't you tell us, yeah. maybe up front, um, the background to the this class that Dr. Smith had done, and now why are we doing it this way, and what kind of, has it changed? Are we shifting the focus a little bit? Why don't you give us some background? Sure, be happy to. Thanks for letting me come on. And uh, yeah, it, it, it will be different. Um, you know, this this course originated with Dr. Smith out of his... his uh, studies at uh, Amsterdam at the Free University back in the early 60s. His dissertation was then published as Studies in Southern Presbyterian Theology, uh, uh, Presbyterian Reform, now PNR, published it uh, originally, I think, and uh, subsequent publications since then. It's still in print and available. We'll be using that as a a primary reader uh, for some of the basic theology. 
but that's that's the background to Dr. Smith teaching this material for you know fifty years now, mm-hmm. and uh, so two years ago, the summer of uh, twenty twelve, I guess, was uh, his last time to teach it, and uh, and said so. Then I've been very privileged over the years that I had. Uh, with him teaching here full-time as well as since then uh, being able to sit in listen to him and then as he uh, grew to uh, trust me uh, he invited me to come in and and do some spot lectures to fill in some gaps uh, in his lectures and so I was happy to do that and so uh, the the opportunity has uh, come Dr. Pipe asked me a few weeks ago if uh, if I was ready uh, to to pick this up and teach it, and which I thought was a was a a, a question that didn't need to be asked, I, <laughs> I, I felt like I've you know I've, I've been ready in my mind for some time sure. to to do this, and so uh, not wishing Doctor Smith to stop, but uh, but just looking forward to doing the material. So now now the time has come. Well, I know you have, um, just for the listener's benefit, um, Dr. Wilborn has a cheat sheet in front of him, and I'm the host of the program, and I have absolutely no idea what's on it. So as we work our way through this, I'm going to be making things up as I go, but he'll sound more intelligent, but he would anyway. Um, But regardless of all that, let me ask this question up front, because I'm sure that's in this piece of paper that he just threw across the table at me. Um, It's in here somewhere. I can't read his writing, but that's okay. Um, if this he, were a does, video, it'd really be fun. It, it to would watch. be, yeah, you know, he 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 is he is a doc. He has his doctorate, and 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 his writing definitely verifies that. <laughs> I just want to point that out. But anyway, in all seriousness, people have heard of Presbyterian theology. They they understand, um, in some sense, people who listen to this program often um, are well versed, as it were, uh, with what Presbyterianism is in general. Uh, but when we attach the word Southern. Presbyterian theology, uh, we're, we're being a little bit more specific. Uh, so maybe give us some background. What, what are we talking about? Studies in Southern Presbyterian theology. Yeah, well, here we're going to focus uh, uh, more narrowly. We're going to consider a number of the same basic doctrines, the heads of doctrine, but we're going to limit it to uh, those men who, who have been over the past uh, uh, 200 years uh, m- most recognized as the theologians of Presbyterian churches in the South, in the southeast portion of the United States, mm. and uh, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, and we're gonna consider some men who uh, are controversial uh, for public positions and public theology. Uh, hopefully, that won't be a, a distraction. I'll, I'll try try to keep it from being a distraction. Uh, it's you know sometimes it's easy for us to dismiss people because of of issues and just discount them altogether. Hopefully, I can show that uh, while we can criticize them in certain areas, we can also still benefit from them and learn from them. Mm. And uh, so we'll be focusing on men of the south, southern portion of the United States, men like R. L. Dabney. Uh, R.J. Breckenridge, uh, but then we'll we'll really get uh, particular and uh, expand upon some of the real contributions uh, of of men like Thornwell 
and um, Stuart Robinson and uh, John Gerardo. Uh, no surprise there for, for those who've heard me before. But uh, yeah, I was I wasn't going to comment and 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 look at some of the things not only that they did that was in continuity with reformed theologians of the past, but some areas where they made uh, contributions and whether you end up agreeing with their contributions as being helpful uh, or being uh, uh, useful, hmm. uh, they they definitely made attempts to uh, to do the being reformed and always reforming thing, which we talk a lot about. Very good. Now, Southern Presbyterianism, that means and implies, obviously, there's Northern Presbyterianism. What, with, I don't want to get your whole class, obviously, today on the podcast, and nobody will come, <laughs> but what are what are the primary elements that's, that separate the Northern Presbyterian versus the Southern Presbyterian Camps, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, well, that's that's not always real easy because, as as I've tried to show in not only in speaking but in in an article I published two years ago in the Confessional Presbyterian, uh, where I dealt with the Hodge and Thornwell debates, uh, which we also talked about two years ago here on the podcast, uh, but in that. And that article I published uh, showed some of the some of the areas where they differed. And there, I'm saying they, Charles Hodge, the the the, the pride of Princeton, old Princeton, and then James Henley Thornwell, the uh, mm. the theologian of of the South, the Columbia Theological Seminary uh, professor, uh, as well as university professor, and some of the areas where they they held differing views. Uh, and so that primary, primarily uh, centers upon ecclesiology. Uh, you get into theology proper, and I'll do some of this as we talk about theology proper uh, with the Southern men. Uh, you're going to find areas where um, where R.L. Dabney sounds an awful lot like Charles Hodge, even though he was a Southerner, and I don't think anybody would debate that uh, mm. for fear that Dabney might arise and come do something to them. But um, Dabney and Hodge agreed on a number of areas where Hodge and Thornwell disagreed. And so to, to think that the Southern Presbyterians were monolithic is, is to think wrongly. And so I'll show some of those things. We'll deal with men like Thomas Smythe uh, in Charleston, longtime pastor, a theologian in his own right, um, and quite a bibliophile to boot, but uh, we'll, we'll look at their differences. We'll look at their similarities, and we'll see that, yeah, there were differences between the northern church and the southern church, but there are also vast similarities. Interesting. I was just sneaking a peek at his cheat sheet over there to make sure I was, well, I'm not even close to what he wrote down. Why don't we go through that? I think yeah. that would probably be helpful. Obviously, he took the time to do it. Um, why don't we? Why don't you take us through that, and and, and I'll interject. Um, there's there's one area of the class that that I think um, that that I've I've taken with you in a different class, closely related but not the same. Um, that I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much I did it twice, um, and we'll get to that. It looks like 
point six yeah. or somewhere along the way. So let's just step our way through that thing as you have it, and so I'll just kind of give you the mic, and then I'll interrupt you when I need to. Sure. This is my rare chance to interrupt him when <laughs> <laughs> he gets to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you bring up an issue that's good issue to talk about for for folks who may have uh, in the past taken my Presbyterian history class which is a required course here at Greenville. I teach it in January. It's an intensive course that we do out on the road some in some historical sites. Um, but uh, that's, that's a history class. And, of course, anyone who's taken my classes mm-hmm. know that I do a lot of historical theology in the, in the course of looking at history itself. Uh, but this course is, is going to be very different. I've already had one email from a, a, a student who said, okay, um, how's this going to differ you know, from that class? Well, one, it's specifically on the Southern men. It doesn't involve the Northern sector, doesn't involve Scotland, other than references where I'm going to show continuity between the, our Scottish forefathers and the Southerners on some theological points and some, some uh, practical points. Uh, so it, it is a theology course, mm-hmm. um, and it does center on the Southerners and doesn't doesn't uh, go beyond that very much. Um, so I would say that to anyone who's had the, the, the generic Presbyterian course that I think you would enjoy this one and benefit from it because we're going to go into more detail on, on some of the theological issues. Uh, we'll also... Uh, add a couple of locations or maybe three locations on the tour portion. So we're going to be meeting July 28th through August the 1st. Two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, will be out of Greenville, away from the classroom, uh, in some of the really remarkable historical sites that Presbyterians own in the United States. And they are. It's a great tour. And uh, we, you know, we're going to go someplace you've not been with me, and that's to South Carolina Library on the campus of University of South Carolina. And we'll get to, you know, we'll get to touch James Henley Thornwell letters and some sermon notes. And, and uh, so that'll be a, 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 a relatively brief stop. But nevertheless, I think a fun place to be when you're talking about these men and to see uh, where they worked. You know, he did a bulk of his, his theological labors as— uh, the moral philosopher, as the chaplain, as the professor of um, of uh, Bell's Letters at the university, uh, he delivered his his remarkable um, discourses of truth, which uh, you know Sir William Hamilton, the great Scottish philosopher, lauded as a tremendous work on on moral philosophy, or as we would call it today, ethics. Mm. And uh, so we'll go there. Uh, then we'll. You know, a number of other stop, stops. We're going to have Dr. John R. DeWitt. Dr. DeWitt will be with us at First Presbyterian Columbia, and I've asked him if he would address us on the topic of Eustawinum. That was his dissertation that he wrote in, uh, in Holland many years ago now. But, you know, as you've, you've met him, he's a very uh-huh. able man. Uh, God's blessed him, much like he did Dr. Smith, to, to live a long life and and even now to be mentally very sharp and still engaged, still reading, uh, actively uh, following current uh, writings. And so uh, 
So he's going to do something a little different for me than he's done before. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, then on to Charleston, to some of those grand sites where Thornwell pastored, where Jared pastored, where Thomas Smythe pastored. Um, so, so we're going to do that. That'll be, a, that'll be a special part. Now, let me talk about the theology, though, how I'm going to approach this. You know, Dr. Smith always approached it uh, as a systematic theology class. So he would deal just with the, the theological heads. So theology proper, uh, he'd do uh, doctrine of man, he'd do the doctrine of Christ, pneumatology, he'd do uh, uh, bibliology, you know, the doctrine of scripture, and uh, to eschatology. And then he would just draw on those men what they had to say about it. As I said, we're still going to read his book, which has both some historical, biographical material, as well as uh, the theology of the men. And, and we're also going to read uh, Dr. Uh, David Calhoun uh, up at uh, Covenant Seminary, who wrote a very nice little book, uh, Our Southern Zion, which is a history of Columbia Theological Seminary. And there again, he picks up on some of the theological issues that they contributed to and interacted with. Yeah, it was a great book. I read it um, when it first came out, um, yeah. consumed it. Um, devoured it. Excellent book. I, in fact, I read it, um, interestingly, when I had determined to go on that tour the second time. I said, I'm going to read this book before I go on the tour so that some of the sites and the things that you were talking and lecturing on would have more, that just it was help, more health. It was yeah. more health. Is that the right way to put it? Anyway, you it get works. the idea. It was, a, it was an outstanding book anyway. Yeah. And, and so that's been Dr. Smith's approach following just a systematic approach. Well, I'm going to do it a little differently. Um, I, one of the things we're going to consider is right off the bat, uh, once we've, we've you know, got our feet in the water, we're going to look at uh, the Southerner's contribution to, to what we call now biblical theology. Hmm. And uh, I've written on this in the past, had good feedback on this, a lot of interaction with students as well as uh, peers, uh, but looking at men like Stuart Robinson and his grand volume, which is recently republished by uh, uh, Tentmaker Publication, Discourses on Redemption. It's a wonderful uh, series of lectures, uh, sermons, actually, he, get, he delivered on biblical theology. And they read more like a classroom. Uh, I would have loved to have heard him preached. But uh, that's a wonderful book. We'll be looking at Thomas Peck, one of Thornwell's sp spiritual descendants, and uh, looking at how he uh, uh, utilizes a biblical theological approach to his studies, as well as Robert Alexander Webb uh, and some of his writings uh, to, to see how, how Webb also picked up on Thornwell and Gerardo's biblical theological approach. So we'll, we'll, we'll see in those men how they utilize the covenant. Mm. Um, it, it plays a very, if not the central place in their biblical theology, uh, along the lines here of Gerhardus Voss, uh, of uh, Dr. Palmer Robertson, uh, and others. And, of course, that's a big debated issue, you know, what the central theme of Scripture is. Uh, Thornwell said it was justification. We'll look at that and consider it. Uh, Gerardo and Robinson say it's covenant. So we'll, we'll look and see how that differs and, and does it make a big difference. Um, then we're going to look at theology proper. We'll look at the Trinity. And there we'll get into seeing how 
Thornwell and others are uh, related to John Owen, mm-hmm. Trinitarian mm-hmm. theology, to Calvin and some of his uh, contributions there. Uh, and so, you know, theologies and, and particularly the big picture, biblical, theological, as well as systematic, and we'll see the relationship of the two in the Southerners. Mm. Dabney, you know, I remember when I was studying at uh, Westminster, hearing one of my professors say that uh, uh, one of the things he appreciated about Dabney's uh, systematic theology lectures uh, had to do with biblical content and the biblical theological uh, weaving uh, that that Dabney did, and I think it's I think it certainly is there. So we'll we'll consider that. Um, then what I want to do is 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 handle this uh, in some areas that I think would be very helpful for the for pastors and for the church not that biblical theology is not it is it's helpful for your preaching it's helpful for for the way you read scripture way you help your people understand the flow of redemptive history not that systematic theology is not helpful Hmm. because there you you begin to see uh as you do in biblical theology how uh how the unity of scripture uh, uh holds together and how it flows but but to look at some things like uh, uh, theology of prayer. You know, B.M. Palmer, a longtime pastor in Columbia, South Carolina, before moving off to the West, which at that time New Orleans was considered to be the West. He goes out there and pastors for 40-some-odd years, First Presbyterian New Orleans. Palmer wrote a delightful book, which is still in print, The Theology of Prayer. And so we'll consider that, and we'll look at the way he approaches it, as well as uh, those those uh, theological sermons that Jerido preached to the folks in Charleston upon his return from the war years, and uh, many questions about you know does God hear our prayers? If He did, what did He answer them? How did He answer them? And he preached a series of five sermons on on prayer. So we'll look at those two as our primary sources for a theology of prayer. And of course, you can't go to Charleston and you can't study the Southerners without thinking about the the revival of eighteen fifty eight fifty nine. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in one of the buildings there where Jerido was pastoring the uh, the 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 integrated congregation of uh, that was primarily for the the slaves of the day in Charleston, but it had white membership as well. And uh, there in that building on Anson Street, when uh, God did some remarkable work that uh, we would refer to today as a, as a revival, and mm-hmm. it was during the time of the revival was, was all up and down the eastern seaboard. Uh, J.W. Alexander, one of Archibald Alexander's sons, pastor in New York, was involved in it. And uh, Jerido and others, remarkable pastors. That was a revival that centered on the church and centered on the sacrament or, or the uh, means of grace, rather, particularly preaching and prayer. Mm. And so we're going to look at a theology of prayer from from an old school mm. and perhaps old sideish perspective. Um, theology of prayer, theology of revival. We're going to look at pastoral theology. Now, I know that's not typical because in a theology course, but William Plummer, who was at Columbia Seminary for 20-some-odd years, or for, um, yeah, almost 20 years, wrote a pastoral theology 
which is uh, is a delightful book. Uh, we're going to look at Thomas Smythe's ministry, an, you know, a forty plus year ministry, Ben Palmer's ministry, and how those men. You know, anybody who's pastoring today and they look at that and they think, how could you stay at a church for 40-something years with all the difficulties, with all the pains, with all the hurts, with all the ups and downs? And uh, these men, I think, provide some of the answer for that because of, of the way they approach the, the pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was a different day. You know, I pastor. I study about those days. I live in this time. I know it's different. Um but there's some basics, I think, there that we can learn a good deal from. And then, of course, you can't do it without, you, you can't do this course without looking at some of the unique contributions I alluded to earlier. We're going to look at, at the development of the office of deacon mm. in the Southern Church, which was unique. This is, this is a place where the, the Northern Church and Southern Church really did differ um, in their view of the office of deacon. And... Um, and here we're going to pull off Thomas Chalmers in Scotland and see the similarity between Chalmers' great works in Glasgow and Edinburgh and, and uh, the work of, of men in Columbia and Charleston, New Orleans, and other places. Uh, of course, we're going to have to look at Owen and see where he stands in the line uh, with, uh, with, with John Gerardo and James Henley Thornwell. And R.J. Breckenridge, the Kentuckian, um, who was, if I've got my genealogy right here, he would have been an uncle to B.B. Warfield, Benjamin Breckenridge Warfield. So R.J. Breckenridge uh, wrote two volumes of systematic theology, and in there is one of the one of the wonderful chapters on the doctrine of adoption. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see Owen to Thomas Boston to Breckenridge, to Gerardo, and um, see what a wonderful doctrine that is. And hopefully I can do all that in, in one week. Yeah, one week. And the whirlwind tour. Yep. I've been on it twice. Uh, as I've mentioned earlier, um, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to see some things that I haven't seen prior, but I can tell you... Um, it was very beneficial um, to lecture, have uh, Dr. Wilborn lecture in the, the actual sites about the men that were actually there laboring back in those days. Um, Walking walk the streets yeah, where they walked right. with their parishioners. I mean, they just, it, it added a, a, a flavor that you, you just don't get in a classroom. I'm sorry. It huh. just is not possible. Um, I enjoyed it so much I went twice because I enjoyed it so much. And the second time I went, I was able to actually take in more because I wasn't I already passed the class <laughs> in a selfish way. I went the second time because then I could kind of wander around and see more than I could have, that I was able to see the first time. But it was very, it was just powerful to go to um, Elmwood Cemetery and see where Thornwell is buried and Jared, I think Jarado got that yeah. right. I should get this right. I've been there twice, right? Um, and, and others. Also, yeah. William Charles Robinson, yep. who was the last old schooler at. At Columbia. Columbia Seminary, and uh, in light of Dr. Calhoun's also just finished a little book on mm-hmm. his life, and uh, so it's, you know, a lot, lot of stuff there. Yeah, rich heritage. I mean, and, and, and it, as Dr. Wilborn has already indicated, uh, a heritage that has helped frame for us in the 21st century a lot of what we have taken for granted 
um, theologically. Uh, sometimes I think we forget about the people that have carved these paths for us already in, in the past, and we're enjoying, we're enjoying their labors today. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great, great way to learn about our heritage and where we've come from. But now we got to talk about specifics, as if we haven't been doing that already. Of course we have been. But more specifically, um, when is this going to occur in yeah. class? Uh, July 28th through August 1. That's a Monday through Friday. Uh, it's it's going to start at 1 o'clock on that Monday. That gives folks who may uh, need to travel on Monday morning, mm-hmm. pastors, elders, uh, who may be in the pulpit on Sunday, they can uh, hop on a plane if they need to, or they can drive a few hours and be here by one o'clock. And then uh, we'll finish at noon on Friday so that they can also make the trek back to their homes and, and be rested and ready for, for the Lord's day to come. And who is this open to? Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those questions. That's like, yeah. duh. <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah, and- they're, I'm sure there's, there are going to be some students. I've already heard from some who want to take it as an elective um, and then uh, hopefully just a host of folks that would just love to see sites and learn some things about these men that they, uh, they haven't learned before or just have their, their theological uh, library bolstered. If uh, Bill can probably speak to this. Uh, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things I try to do in teaching is, is provide the guys with a, a nice uh, bibliography and not only in written form, but just, you know, here are the books that you need to have on your shelves for reference. Here are the essentials. And so by the time they leave, they, you know, uh, wives often. I, I was going to say that. Now uh, he's going to steal my thunder. He's going to well, steal go my ahead. thunder. Go ahead. One of the stories, and all the wives don't, well, one of the stories Dr. Wilborn told when I first took, I think it was ancient church history from him. And of course, I love the story because I'm all, I agree completely. Um, but our wives, the wives probably don't. But he would tell stories like if you need a new couch or you need to buy books, then you need to buy books. And if you need to go out to dinner or you need to buy books, well, you buy books and you don't, don't go out to dinner. I'm not, telling the, I'm not giving the story any justice as to the way it was originally presented, but I went home and told my wife that story anyway. Um, she hasn't spoken to me since, but um, anyway, not really. I'm always um, surprised when the, the wives like me. But there's a but, but there's a reason. Uh, I mean, it's it's hyperbole, obviously. Okay, um, he's not advocating ignore your wife for four years and just buy books. Um, but there's a reason, and the reason is, and you can tell this part. Well, uh, they're your tools. They're the things that you need need to have to do this great work that God's called us to. It's yeah. not an easy work, but you know, as as I've said, and I, I you know, I'm I won't use the word. St- I'm, I'm not stealing this. I'm, I'm just borrowing it. We confessionalists, we live on the shoulders of others anyway. So, yeah. I mean, there are tools. Mm-hmm. And, a, and as a plumber or a carpenter wouldn't go to work without his truckload of tools, ministers ought not to either. Well, when he said that in class, when we took a break, I dragged him into my office. Now, those of you who know me have followed me from another podcast that I won't mention and have listened to 61, have endured me for the last 61, know that I love books and I... I'm a book nut. Um, I mean, isn't every Presbyterian Reformed person a book nut? Okay. So I dragged him into my office, and I asked him what he thought of my library, and the answer I got was, it's a good start. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and keep in mind now we're talking about about 2800 vimes and he tells me it's a good start and so um anyway so i've bought more since then you know i was interviewed recently on a, a christian radio uh, station in knoxville tennessee and uh somewhere along the line the uh, host <laughs> of the show the interviewer paused and he looked at me and he said I, I have one question i'm just dying to ask i said what is it he said do all Presbyterian ministers have beards? You know, it's kind of like, do they all have big libraries? And my response was, the good ones do. Um, <laughs> I guess that would go. <laughs> and so he laughed and he said, well, the only, the only Presbyterians I know have beards. Now, of course, that's, again, hyperbole, and I was just jesting with him. But uh, the, the books are essential. Uh, and I, I try to differentiate. I try to let you know what, as I do with my syllabi mm-hmm. for the courses, here's the required, here are the recommended. Uh, then with each of the outlines, you know, for ancient church, here's here's more. You know that, you know, if you want to read specifically, you want to read deeper. Here are things that you have to have. Here are some that are recommended. So, and usually at this point in tame. the class, there's a collective groan around the room, thinking it's we barely have enough time to read what we have to read, let alone read what we like to read too. Anyway. But this actually does lead me to something more serious. What books are you going to be requiring for the class? Yeah. If you know that at this point, this will help people maybe with, I've got that good, I'm covered, or I need to get this, I'm planning on coming. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I've already been asked by two, you know, what's the workload going to be for this class? Well, for those who come, you know, to audit the class, our friends, pastors, elders, deacons, and I really would, you know, if, if, if churches can... You know, send a representative deacon, a representative elder to this class. I think it'd be marvelous. I often do for a church here in Greenville uh, when they are having officer training courses. Mm-hmm. They they ask me to come in and just tell stories about our forefathers here in the in the South Carolina area in the southern region uh, to encourage them to to let them know that we have a we have a grand heritage. You know, we we have things to be proud of yes we all have our skeletons yes we all have our clay toes but we have we have a wonderful heritage and so uh, you know i would really encourage churches sessions to consider uh, having that representative deacon representative elder come along maybe with their pastor Uh, so for those who are auditing it's it's just fun and as i've i think it's in the the mailer uh, and and brochure that's going to be posted on the website. I don't know if it's finished yet, but I saw a proof of it Friday. Uh, the last line is this: just consider this a reading vacation. Uh, you know, we're going to spend as little time as possible in the classroom. We're going to do a lot of this stuff out walking in cemeteries and 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 walking around, sitting in in uh, old church buildings. Um, the so, line the line you're referring to is consider this a vacation for those in love with truth. Yeah, um, and so and even for the students, there's going to be two books required. Uh, that's Doctor Smith's uh, textbook, Studies in Southern Presbyterian Theology, and then Doctor Calhoun's uh, Our Southern Zion. Uh, so they can get the Studies in Southern Presbyterian Theology right here, right here. Uh, and, of course, Banner of Truth published Dr. Uh, Calhoun, and it's available in a lot of locations. Yes, so. and, then, and that's interesting. If you're planning on going to the Banner of Truth conference, which is coming up in a couple weeks, um, it'll be there. I, I, well, 
I would imagine yeah. it will be there. I would think so. And if you do go to Banner, it's 40% off. So, boom. Yep. You got the book pretty much handed to you. That's right. Unless you, if you use your twenty five dollars, buy two. If you do your twenty five gift twenty five dollars certificate, you get you can get a couple of them. So, all right. So those are the two required books. Obviously, bring your notebook, laptop, other type of note taking material, and of course, you'll have handouts and outlines to give away. Additionally to that, um, one quick question, and you've covered this kind of, uh, I think, throughout, but in a summary. Practical benefit. If you were trying to convince me, you really need to be at this thing. You're a ruling elder um, or you're interested in these things. You need to come. Here's why. Well, again, and it's it's it, it's sad to me to, to have to qualify this on the front end, but because there's we live in the day we do, people mm-hmm. have certain um, views of some of these men particularly. And um, and so I think it I think it can be a great way to get over some of the uh, misinformation that's been uh, uh, circulated on some of these men uh, to understand that even even sinful men God uses in great and wonderful ways, uh, and that should encourage every pastor who knows his own wicked heart mm. that uh, yes even. Even with my wicked heart, uh, God can can use me in the pulpit on Sunday. He can use me in the week visiting my my flock. Um, so, uh, and then on top of that, just all the wonderful nuggets. You know, just just one. Uh, I just circulated. I do this occasionally. Uh, you know, I, I read old stuff all the time, and I read new stuff. I just you know, I read a little bit of everything. And so I was reading uh, Kevin DeYoung's. You know. Uh, new little book from Crossway on God's Word, on the nature of God's Word. And uh, all of a sudden I draw a blank. Sorry about that, what the title is. Um, but it's a, it's a marvelous little book, just just released recently. Um, and at the same time I was reading Thornwell uh, on some Christology. And Thornwell makes this point that most of us miss, and many of us don't preach as we ought, even if we've got it at some point, that when our Lord Jesus said, I, I lay down my life on my own initiative, no one takes it from me. He's speaking there as a priest who's about to mm. present himself as a sacrifice. And we typically think of his work on the cross in that sacrificial atoning sense of dealing with the wrath of God uh, satisfying the wrath of God the Father, dealing with the penalty of our sin. But Thornwell goes into this beautiful discourse on Jesus' doxological sacrifice, mm. that he's offering himself as a, as, a, as a worship, an act of worship to the Father. And you're just like, wow, that's, that's really good. And, and how many of us have, have just missed that? Because we get so focused on the forensic uh, aspect of, of Christ's sacrifice, mm-hmm. the legal aspect, mm-hmm. the substitutionary aspect, and all that's important, all that's necessary, and all that's wonderful. But then to see, and then he says, never, never has worship like this been offered. 
And then he says, and, and this is how we're, you know, this is what Paul's getting at in Romans 12 when he says that we're to offer ourselves a living sacrifice, not that we can even approach the level of doxological offering that our Savior did, but just as we share in the sufferings of Christ, we offer ourselves as an act of worship to the Father. No, there's no atoning forensic value in what we do, mm-hmm. but there is, a, there is that doxological offering there. And so, you know, I'm, I may have just spoiled it. They may have said, oh, good, I got, I got that. I no, got I think that that's, uh, gives you but an idea sort of, of what thing you're going to we'll, get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, as you, as you study these men and you study their theology, and as I indicated earlier, you know, and, and Dr. Wilborn's obviously done a much better job of explaining the idea that these men have carved a lot of, the, done a lot of this work for us. Um, I mean, you read Thornwell's four volumes. Um, you read, I mean, I'm not even going to come close. Failed. I just failed my, I just failed retroactively <laughs> my class. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, it's great. I mean, I've taken uh, Dr. Wilborn's Presbyterian Church history class, and as I indicated, one of the tours and whatnot. This has got a different twist. It's more theologically driven um, and focused, uh, but there's going to be lots of history woven in there, um, especially when you're sitting in Second Second Church in Charleston, um, and you're hearing about these men, and you're sitting inside of um, First Scots um, in Charleston. You're going to First Scots, right? Please oh, yeah. tell me you're going there. Yeah. Um, Good Lord. Will. And it's been remodeled, so or yeah. renovated. Yeah. I don't know if they okay. changed much of it, but anyway. No. Point is, that was my favorite place to be, actually, um, personally. But um, it's just it, it's just great. Um, I'm planning on taking the class, so I get to go again, third time. So um, it's going to be exciting. Now, it's going to be held right here at the seminary, um, and that it, at least it's going to originate here. Uh, it looks like, it I'm looking at the schedule, it looks like you're going to be spending a little bit of time... Uh, Tuesday, uh, and yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, traveling and lecturing on these different sites, these historic places, ending in Charleston. Um, you're going to end in the same place you've always ended in yes. Charleston. Yep. I'm not going to say where. I'll leave that. Y'all come, and you'll know what I mean. Then yeah. I remember Bill saying that in the class. Great place to end the tour, um, and then back in the class Thursday and Friday uh, to conclude. So it's a week-long class. Um, it happens July 28th through August 1st, and we've talked about the books uh, that will be uh, required, as it were, and the whys and the whos. Now we got to talk about the stuff that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> the fees. Um, the website, our GPTS uh, newsletter, has just gone out, so those of you who are avid supporters of the seminary have received this already. It's $400 for credit. Um, that includes the tuition and fees, and that's continuing education credit, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty safe. I'm on a limb a little bit there, but I'm, I think I'm safe. Or $60 to audit, which is really fantastic, considering what you're going to get for an entire week. Um, it boils down to $12 a day. Um, you can't beat that yeah. at all. Um, and I'm sure Dr. Wilborn, for those who register, We'll be in touch with housing arrangements and traveling and all this other stuff that yeah. goes into the to the various. Yeah, and and we should say uh, just for full disclosure um, that those prices do not include do not the include. Tuesday night in Charleston. Their housing. I have recommendations from high end four star Mills House to you know 
A, a little the backyard. I'm a kidding. little lower. <laughs> and then, of course, as you know, we have friends in in the right. greater Charleston area yep. who who often offer and have already said they would this time. Uh, their homes, so rooms. If you have, if if you're a couple, husband and wife, there's there's always someone to say, hey, we can handle a husband and wife couple. Others, we had someone this past uh, January on a similar tour, took five students, five single guys, all of them and took care of their housing needs. And so, uh, you know, there's there's everything from free to, you know, if you want to pay a whole bunch. Yep. So, uh, and... Oh, no, you're not going to mention this, are you? And... Oh, here we go. The food. Yeah, I knew it. The food. <laughs> and I know the places. It, yes, he does. And uh, so, you know, you, you can go eat with me. Uh, I'll buy the appetizers, or uh, you can go out on your own. You just can't hardly make a bad choice. This has been recorded and, and for all time. And when he says he'll buy the appetizers, so if we have like 75 people in the class, and two, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning? But, but, but see, the, the, you know, the, sm- the places I go are typically small, hole-in-the-wall types. Well, that one place will fit 75. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But nevertheless, I'm, I'm happy. I love people to be with me and... So we'll we'll do something special. Yep, it, it's it's a great it's a great class. Um, it's a great tour. Uh, all of it is. I would strongly encourage you if and, and as we said, you know, make a vacation out of it. Bring your wife, husband, wives. Come get a hotel or take advantage of the housing that that'll be lined up. Uh, I've gone twice. I've said that before, but both times I went, I, I didn't pay a dime for housing. Uh, someone took care of us, and so. There's options. Is, so don't let that be a sticking point in the equation um, if you want to take this class. Now, how do you sign up? It's very easy. You just email registrar. That's Look it up. Don't ask me to spell it because I'll mess it up. Registrar at gpts.edu. If that's too confusing for you, if you're driving down the road, I'm like, I can't write that down. You can remember this, confessingourhope at gpts.edu. If you email me, I will get the information to the right person. So either way, um, do that, and uh, we'll make sure you're set and ready to go. Plenty of advance notice, July 28th. That's a month and a half to almost two months, May, June. Yeah, two months, two and a half months away. So take advantage of this uh, opportunity um, if you are able. Closing remarks, anything that you haven't said? No, I think I better stop. Yeah, because if you don't, yeah. if you keep talking, you'll just teach the whole class right here in yeah. my office, and, and I'll get benefit from it as That's well. Right. But I will demand credit yeah. <laughs> on top of things. Anyway, so anyway, Dr. Wilborn, it's been great, and I know it'll be a great class. Um, I've, had, I've had Dr. Wilborn for one, two, three classes. I'm in my third class with him now. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, I love church history anyway, so it's been just great to – uh, be immersed in the high level of knowledge. I'm, I, I mean, I hate the, I don't want to embarrass him, but uh, the man knows church history, especially Southern Presbyterian church history. So take advantage of it if the Lord enables you to do that. Let me quickly uh, tell you what's coming up on the program next week. We're going to have Dr. Wilborn on again. Um, we're going to be talking with him probably a short segment um, of the podcast, but it's on the Confessional Presbyterian Journal, which you are co-editor he's a co-editor he was a little too far from the mic so yeah he's a co-editor of the confessional presbyterian 
uh, journal. Um, I I have it. I've I think I have every one except the one that just came out. <coughs> Hint. Um, so hopefully I'll we'll secure a copy in some way, shape, or form by that time. But anyway, the last one that came out is on Southern Presbyterianism, and uh, Thornwell is plastered right there on the front cover. Great segue into the class for the summer but we'll be talking with him about that um, in addition we're going to be talking with dr ryan mcgraw and ryan speck they were both students of greenville seminary they were students at the same time they are still great friends um, we'll be talking with them about the subject of church membership i think there's a lot of confusion about that subject what it is what it isn't um, why it's important um, so we'll be talking with them on that subject. And then, of course, uh, we're going to con- pick back up where we left off with Dr. Piper. Uh, he called me on Friday, actually, true story, and said, hey, when are we going to do the next faith and practice segment? We've been trying to get it done. It's just it's the end of the semester, and that means craziness for everybody involved with the seminary, including me. Um, so we'll be having him on in a few weeks to, to do number uh, segment number seven. Yes, number seven. So if you have questions that you would like to submit of a theological, practical nature for Dr. Piper, go to the website, confessingourhope.com. There's a form there. You fill it out, send your question, and it will be submitted to him. And if we read your question on the air, we will send you a book. It's that simple. We, we pay for the postage. We pay for the book. Whatever. So, But you got to send the question in, and it has to be read on the air. So, And I have no influence in that direction. I just give the question to him, and he picks them. So, but send your question in. That'll be happening in a few weeks. So we're running out of time for you to get that question in, but do so as soon as you are able. We have other things scheduled, lined up. We're going to be talking with, uh, uh, boy, the name just left me, Garretson. What's his first name? Jim. Jim Garretson. Uh, on his book on Princeton and preaching, I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> Could be wrong. I probably am. Been wrong many times. Um, so this would not be a shock to those who listen. But um, we'll be, we have him scheduled. Not exactly sure when this summer, but that's on the plate, at least, a horizon for those who are keeping track of what's going on. So those are some of the highlights, lowlights of what we're going to be doing. But I do just want to reiterate, if you do have any interest in the summer class on Southern Presbyterian theology, um, simply write us at registrar at gpts.edu. If you have questions, write us, call us at the seminary, whatever uh, makes you happy. Um, if that, you can't remember that, just confessing our hope at gpts.edu. Um, either way, we will answer your questions and, and do the best we can to help you with any uh, inquiries you might have about, uh, about this class that's going to be offered in July. So, Until next time, when we talk again with Dr. Wilborn (laughs) on the Confessional Presbyterian Journal, we thank you for listening to this particular edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.